Hello. Hello. Oh, oh yeah. We're doing a thing now. We doing a thing. And I feel like we had a, you know what would have been better as a way of a recap? Hmm. Not just trying to force your brain to remember, listening back to where we were. Yeah, you're right. That's probably the best option going forward. Or now. We're doing that right now. Um, time break. Hey, pals. Hey, buddies. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Hybel study. study. The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome! We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories. And ultimately what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book. But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So... Feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along. Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact. Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Now that that's out of the way, we're going to start our study by looking to a popular daily devotional Bible study called Experiencing God, written by Henry Blackaby, Richard Blackaby, and Claude King. This is... We left off with the Ephesians 3.20... Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. So in the sidebar, we got the goal is not to finish this course, but to have a life transforming encounter with God. If we can do that before we finish this course, does that give you the credit of finishing the course to where you can still become that pastor? Ooh. And like, hey, Henry, I finished your course in seven weeks instead of 12. Yeah. What now? Do I get to be a pastor now? Do I get like admitted into your family so then I have your familial blessing on me? Or do I just overthrow you? <laughs> overthrow, huh? How do you intend to do that? I'm not, I'm not talking about like a violent uprising. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you beat me, so now you're in charge kind of thing. And then someone else comes along and does it. It's three weeks. And then it's like, well, knock me off my throne. <laughs> well, that's why I needed specification, because overthrow in my head means something a little different. In my head, it just <laughs> means, you know, high scores. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. Even this first day, it's like... I don't know if I've done really much Bible study necessarily as just preparation to do a Bible study. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's been kind of like okay, come on, give, very, give me give me the content. Right. It very much feels like even on the first day, he's still telling you, "Oh, also, this is this is what we're doing." Still, by the way, this is what we're doing. This is the goal. Still the goal. <laughs> just to remind you, in case you <laughs> forgot. But I don't really feel like we've gotten much into a Bible study yet. This book is different from most material with which you may be familiar. It is not designed for you to sit down and read cover to cover. 
I want you to study, understand, and apply biblical truths to your life. Like kind of actually take the time to do it. And while still not doing it every day with this, this is going to be like a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's still a lot slower, but it's taking the time to go through it. And I think that's really the point that they're trying to make there is take the time to go through it. Doesn't matter if you do it every single day necessarily, but take your time and take the true meaning that they're trying to put out there. But I think he is also stressing to do it every single day because it's supposed to be like weeks, like because this is a program that they do in churches. So these five days of the week, you you have to do these each day, and then on the Sunday you're gonna meet up and go through it all. So. That probably I was always the one with the Olympians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't do anything. I'll just fill it in on the car ride over, bring it in so I could get that credit for... Right. My mom always made sure, like, I had everything that week so I could get, like, all the credits. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like Christian services. Like, at some point I was resorting to, like, I go out and start my sister's car in the morning so she can go to school and then like <laughs> did, did she take you to school too yeah <laughs> they're like whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i did that too though like i i would always wait like i, I wouldn't do my olympian stuff until wednesday and i'd like get home from school and sit down and eat my snack and like just kind of be flipping through it and seeing what I should have been doing all week and like oh I can just do this now <laughs> I can't remember if it was always Olympians and then it turned into something else or if it was something else and went to Olympians but I, I do remember there was like another program in there at some point I don't know I remember Awana and Sparks when yeah. I was really little, I was a Royal Ranger. Oh, yeah. I was a cubby <laughs> for Awana. I, I failed, like, after the Royal Rangers, you go into, like, the, the Buckaroos or something. <laughs> That's cute. Or it's, like, all Western theme, and it's really weird. Because the Royal Rangers was Native American-based. It, like, oh. just felt very weird, like, looking back on the time, just, like, pretending we're on a tribe and having leaders like our chief or something it's like this is kind of weird <laughs> oh yikes yeah <laughs> feels like some cultural appropriation <laughs> but then so i exceeded that or whatever so then i had to go up into the now you're the cowboys like i failed at that i stayed at like the lowest levels and it's like I just couldn't remember the verses very well. I, I was always the bottom rank there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. I have a trash memory. I was always bad at remembering verses, unless I like turned it into a song or something to remember. I mean, that's the reason we we never we never achieved Christendom because we were I being graded up. Like only the strong <laughs> can survive. Well, you know. What about Sarah, though? Because my, my sister, she can spit Bible verses like nobody's business. <laughs> Still, you at 38, and she hasn't been a Christian since she was in her mid early to mid-20s, you know? 
I'm over here like I got John 316. I got that one down real good. I don't. You got it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have forgot- have eternal life or everlasting life, depending on your version. Yeah. <laughs> what sounds better, everlasting or eternal? What's the point of changing those? It's the same thing, different I words. Know, but what do you like better? I think everlasting sounds more magical, but eternal sounds more real even if that <laughs> even if that's not like <laughs> yeah you know anyways because yeah we were talking about like take giving this the time it needs and then it goes into this challenging exercise it takes time to get the most from the course you must take your time by studying only one day's lesson at a time do not try to study several lessons in a single day you need time to let these truths sink into your understanding and practice the goal is not to finish this course but to have a life transforming and to encounter with god as you study these materials you want to experience a person jesus christ time meditation and personal application are necessary to allow the Holy Spirit to make Christ real in your life. Whew. That was a really long way to say what we said a really long way as well. But yeah, just, just give it time. But I mean... Do this the way we should. Mm-hmm. We got another paragraph. Goes into uh, do not skip any learning activities. They are designed to help you learn and apply the truths to your life. They will help you establish a personal daily walk with God. Many activities will lead you to interact with God through prayer, meditation, and Bible study. If you leave out these activities, you may miss an encounter with God that could radically change your life. You will learn that your relationship with God is the most important part of knowing and doing God's will. Without an intimate relationship with him, you will miss what he wants to do in and through your life. These activities were just studied so much, and he's got them ordered perfectly. So you need to be able to understand like the concept of one question before you can understand the concept of another question. And if you just can't understand that one, then then you just you, you have to you have to just meditate on that. But what if you just don't? What if it takes you out to come to that and then you just forget about the Bible study and then, then, you know, time goes by and then eventually you feel guilty enough to get back to it. And then usually that does feel a little bit more like fulfilling. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think that's part of human nature I wouldn't change. Yeah, because it feels frustrating in the moment, but it becomes very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Like, I still haven't finished Monster Hunter yet. I got close and then I haven't played in like two months. Yeah. I haven't played any game in two months. And then one day I was like, I need to do that. I feel that. That's how I accidentally stayed up until 3 a.m. playing Borderlands 3 again recently. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. So worth it. Back in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, now we're on like number three of this lesson today the learning activities are indicated by the symbol that appears beside this paragraph follow the instructions given after you have completed the activity continue reading but why does he have to show me an example of how an act a thing to do is when he's talking about it when it's already been a part of this entire thing I have no idea. Are you are you just as lost as me here, or am I just... I think you're overthinking it. 
<laughs> you look so sad about that. I'm sorry. I just feel so silly. <laughs> Normally, you'll be given answers following the activities so you can check your work. I'll write your own answer before reading mine. Sometimes the response to the activity will be your own opinion, and no right or wrong answer can be given. Shouldn't they all technically be opinion-based if everything is faith-based? Yes. So because they have already established their beliefs for the program, they are stating that as fact rather than as opinion at this point even though it is faith-based. Okay, so these are the things that we've found that have worked. Yes. <laughs> yes. There is the secret formula. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of a secret formula. We'll have to find out which ones we get wrong. <laughs> if you have difficulty with an activity or if you question the answers given, write a note in the margin. Discuss your concern with your leader or small group. This is the intention to, like, make sure that people they get to look into it if they're really questioning something or if it by going to like your your leader and is it just so that you can learn properly like what you're supposed to do instead and then it kind of quells your questioning yeah i i get that because i feel like that's found a lot in the church too like, oh, you're questioning because of this, and that's totally natural, but here's what you're supposed to do. Because while questioning's normal, it's not good. So yes. don't do it. Yes. I heard that a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's where it starts to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> when you can't question something anymore, like, just don't question it or it won't make sense. It's like, then it's not making sense if something can't be ripped apart and questioned and digested then why follow it right this is your one time that you know of right now that you can like exist so why waste time trying to follow something that can't be scrutinized right it can't take basic questioning back in back in once each week, you should attend a small group session designed to help you discuss the content you studied the previous week. Share insights and testimonies, encourage one another, and pray together. Small groups should not have more than 10 members for maximal effectiveness. Oh. Large groups will experience less closeness, less intimate sharing, and more absenteeism and more dropouts. While those are true... A larger group would more force people to, like, pick out each other, and then you'll have, like, one really close, like, experience. Then that'd actually be more intimate sharing with a large group than with a small group, because then you kind of have to, like, you have to find your mass that is able to please all four of those people or whoever, or if there's ten, like, the nine other people, and just like, oh, okay, like... We're not, we're small enough to always talk together. So I got to put this on instead of just having to find the one that works for one person and just go with that. Right. Say with my experience from having a larger group for a small group, because when, when I was in middle school and high school, my family went to a really big church and our small groups were like 
14 to 15 people. And that, I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. And so I found that in that, the small groups were already clicky, but then there were clicks inside of the small groups. So rather than like you, you still had your personal connections, but it wasn't with the group. Mm-hmm. You had your like few personal connections and it, it just almost divided more. So that's where I would like it. I, I feel like putting that number of 10 on it is a, a big standard to try and uphold, but mm-hmm. I, I, he's got a point. When our church was still like smaller, but just having like someone try to wrangle a bunch of preteens and kids at different ages. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of different clickies. Like I remember getting picked on in church, like, you know, still oh, being yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I had my school bullies and I had my church bullies. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. That shouldn't be a thing, but no. that sucks that we can both identify with that. Because also at this big church I went to, it was in the rich part of town and um, we were not rich, <laughs> you know, but all the kids went to the rich school and I did not. So there was a lot of that too. Like they were all friends from school and knew each other and they were the popular kids at school. There was a lot of that kind of clickiness. You didn't fit right in with that? No, no. no. <laughs> this church had thousands of people mm-hmm. and... Uh, it was, it's the richer lake area, and the people who have money have houses on the lake, and <laughs> they all went to that church. If you didn't have a house on that lake, they felt sorry for you, but they wouldn't spend time with you or hang out with you. <laughs> Why did they feel sorry for you? Like you're... You weren't a good enough Christian to be but... given those things. Oh, I'm sorry that you're struggling in your faith so much that God hasn't given you the money that he's given to me. Just be happy because you know God. You don't know him enough. (laughs) Yeah. It's the opposite. (laughs) You don't know him enough. How much do they know him? How much do their children know him to be able to just be born into that? But that goes on to family things. Because he's done his duty in being the head of the house, then that passes down to his children. God's goodwill passes down to his children because he's doing his job his job and teaching them, keeping that connection and bond strong from birth, you know? Gotta brainwash them while they're young. <laughs> Back in? Back in. Because it was like, oh yeah, absenteeism and dropouts. And of course that's gonna happen in large groups because then when people like me don't find other people, it's like, I don't really want to go. So, yeah, if more than 10 persons want to study the course, enlist additional leaders for each group of 6 to 10. 6 to 10. Okay. Okay. So, that's a very good number. The leaders probably is just going to be a sub-leader. Are they technically fit to be leaders? If they're fit to be leaders, they can make two different groups. Depends on which denomination you're talking (laughs) about, man. And does it have to be a man? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, we we could split this up, but since it's my wife doing it, she can only help me so we can handle the 10 together. Right. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's how, yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I've been in churches like that. Uh, 
if you have started studying experience god but not involved in a small group enlist some friends or family to study a course with you other members of the body of christ can help you more fully know and understand god's will apart from a small group experience you will miss much of the intended learning from this course we're having a small group yeah okay. it's us it's us maybe it'll be them yeah maybe i'll mark will you know show up <laughs> okay come on we can we can do this we got this we can do there's there's nine things to do in this okay and we're still on three we're not <laughs> that's, that's <sighs> we're doing it yeah this jesus is your map oh he's gonna tell us a story so I'm I'm not going to do any interjections here. Okay. For 12 years, I pastored a church in a city surrounded by farming communities. One day, a farmer invited me to visit him at his farm. His directions went something like this. Go a quarter mile past the edge of the city, and you will see a big red barn on your left. Go to the next road and turn to your left. Take that road for three quarters of a mile. You'll see a large poplar tree. Go right for about four miles, and then you'll see a big rock. I wrote all this down, and only by God's grace that I eventually managed to find the farm. The next time I went to the man's house, he was with me in the vehicle. Because there was more than one way to get to his house, he could have taken me any way he wanted to. You see, he was my map. What did I have to do? I simply had to listen to him and do what he said. Every time he said turn, I did what he said. He took me away I'd never been and could not have discovered on my own. I could not retrace that route by myself. The farmer was my map. He knew the way. Now my little note I have here was I'm pretty sure I've heard that story from a guest pastor growing up. Was it this man? I don't know. Was it someone else? Is it a story that people just use? Like, oh, that, that train track story. Oh, did 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 you have you heard this before? I feel like I have heard it before. It's very familiar. I don't recognize the, the author's name though, so I don't recognize his name either. But. So this is the example that they're supposed to be like this farmer is God. Let him into your truck and he'll guide you everywhere you need to go. So listen to him say turn left, turn right, go straight, whatever. But again, is that free will? Right. Because they're like, you can choose any path. But as long as you choose the path that God's telling you to go. <laughs> right. So it's, it's free will to, well, you could choose not to follow it. But there's the incentive to follow it. So I don't know what's a stronger argument there. It's hard because their rebuttal to the you don't have free will and that is you do have free will. It's just it's an obvious decision because one path you know is going to be good and the other you know is going to be bad and that's what they believe so for them it's a no-brainer it's like why would you want to do something that you know is going to harm you whereas we see this as i don't know that it's going to turn out good just because i'm following this and i don't know how this is going to turn out either i don't know either way because yeah. this guy could be leading me somewhere to murder me. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we can do number four. 
When you come to the Lord Jesus to seek his will for your life, which of the following requests will more closely resembles the way you generally ask? Check your response. Ooh. So this is a right or wrong answer. Okay. It's going to be very clear. So A, Lord, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? How shall I do it? Where shall I do it? Whom do you want me to involve along the way? And please tell me what the outcome will be. Or B, Lord, as you go with me, tell me what to do one step at a time. I will do it. You just have a face. I don't like that. (laughs) What did it do to you? Well, first, he tells you that you have to do the activities or the book won't work. But then the activities require you to ask for God to walk with you. I don't want to ask this deity to walk with me. I don't know him. I have heard enough about the Christian God to know that I don't want to ask for his hand in walking with me. That's why that face happened. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't there, like, that relational step to, like, be able to put that information forward? Why is it a game that you just have to trust that it's going to work out? Right. Because he could tell us, hey, you're right. It's all good. I'm here. He could. The fact that he doesn't. Yeah, it's just like, let's see if they can do it, even though he should already know if we can do it. Right. (laughs) So that's a whole nother weird concept. But like, you have to just be like, I'm an empty shell. And I think a lot of like evangelists would be like, yes. That is the thing. You just need to be an empty shell. Just, just let God use you. <laughs> that's a good way just to Just one put step it. at a time and I do it. But then that's just like, that's just turning off. That is turning off to the world, which, okay, I grant. But yet you are supposed to, to turn off, turn away from the world. Because they close themselves off and they're further focused on just trying to do what they perceive as what God is having them do. They're not looking to anything else. They're not questioning anything else. They're not doing anything else. And that is what makes them closed off to the world where they're like, yeah, like a good follower must be closed off to the world. Must not ask the questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then if you if you don't ask the questions, you're just fine because you you don't have to worry about that. You have an answer for that. Oh, anything bad? It's just God. Okay, now I can just go along my daily life, drink a beer, be fine. Drink a beer? Wowie. What denomination are you from? Oh, I, I knew a few that did. I, it was mostly Baptist. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I find that Baptist is very different depending on where you're at. But yeah, I mean, don't question God or you're just going to be too annoyed and you won't be able to just be happy okay we still have to finish for because now we gotta talk about our answers oh yeah uh isn't the first response typical i can't snap <laughs> that was dumb there you go we all, I, I can do it with my left hand there you go. that's a solid one but righty's not doing it Okay, I think we're done abusing the hairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
isn't the first response typical? We always ask God for a detailed roadmap. We say, Lord, if you just tell me where I'm heading, then I'll be able to set my course and go. He did give Noah a pretty detailed roadmap. That was one time where he's like, okay, listen. But also apparently in other parts of the Old Testament as well, like where it's describing how the high priest must be adorned, where you have to have like, the breastplate made of something and it's got like 12 different gemstones in, put into it and then they'll have like different things on the shoulder and then specific garments and the head wrap and it's very much like it's a whole thing yeah so then that's like was god really getting very specific about that if he's not getting specific about other things right this is just like i want to make sure people know how they dress me <laughs> yeah because they need to know how wealthy I was, right? Mm, yeah. And honestly, that's how I feel with the Ark, though, too. Like, was this something that was just, I mean... I mean, if you did some crazy drug and just started building an Ark, you would be very freaked out. I think that is one time that he has to make an exception and be like, listen, bud, you're going to start making a boat. Because otherwise, he's just walking along and he starts cutting down a tree. I'm like, I just feel like I need to cut down this tree. And then she's making, like, the biggest fucking boat. (laughs) And then they're like, what are you going to do with that? I'm going to go catch some animals. (laughs) (laughs) Two of all of them. That that is... Were they really saving animals? It's just so crazy to think about. Everybody's always like, yeah, they put some animals on a boat and a couple people survived. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't... That... Hmm. I really want to know the source. I'm going to have to do like a, a self-report on that. Th- there were hippos and rhinos, lions. Yeah. And Two of giraffes. everything. Except, you know, you got to get extra of the sacrificial ones too. It doesn't make sense. But the dinosaurs then weren't allowed on because it's like they, they wouldn't fit. They died millions of years before. <laughs> no, that's, that's 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 what it's told. Like they didn't. <laughs> they weren't worthy. No. Same as the unicorns. Oh man, I had Bible story like things where like these old gladiator-looking guys are fighting little raptors <gasps> because they're like it was the same time, and then it flooded, and God said, "No more dinosaurs. Bad idea on my part, guys." <laughs> What? <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It was never explained away to me how the dinosaurs became extinct. They just died. <sighs> I like yours better. <laughs> Back in. Back in. Did we even finish that sentence? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Isn't the first response difficult? We always ask God for a detailed roadmap. He says, you don't need to. You need to follow me one day at a time. This response comes only from those who have learned to walk closely with God and to trust him to care for the details of their lives. We need to come to the place where the second response is ours. Who really knows the way for you to go to fulfill God's purpose for your life? Who knows how you can experience abundant life? God, Jesus said, I am the way, John 14, 6. We will get to that in a second. But... Everybody who has to figure out, like, okay, what am I supposed to do, means that they've grown up in a struggle of, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this thing that I need or want to do, 
So how can I figure out how I can do this? Okay. Well, you can't do that. You just need to have this rich faith of like, whatever I need, I'll have it. Like you just, you, you can't just worry about it. Just know that like, oh, if this comes up, it's fine. But not everyone's privileged to do that. So then is it just now a, in another like hierarchical, like elitist thing? Like it's not for the poor. <laughs> I've never thought of that before. This is just a weird wow, thing. It's yeah. just like. That's a good point though. But you need that kind of faith. Which I guess, I think in the Bible, maybe it uses the term rich faith too. Like you need a rich faith and maybe that's another context of like what they mean by it. Potentially. It's a metaphor that you really have to look in, like realize it's like not just rich as like, oh, this is a rich chocolate. This is like a really strong faith. It's like, no, you you need like the faith that you'll just, anything would be there but if you've never been able to experience that in any way then you won't be able to do that right you're not gonna know like i'm having this realization now because i grew up not being able to know really what's happening and now i have this brief period in my time where it's like i get i feel this so now i've been able to see both sides in a way like not to like super extent on either end for than other people, but I can just, I, I'm aware of it now. Absolutely. And so then that's like, that's just, that's the rich faith. Now I have an interesting, similar but opposite point. With everything I've been going through, I have barely survived i should have been homeless several times and i don't know what to call it necessarily but i knew i was going to be okay and somebody crawled out of the woodworks every time and just like came in with all of these resources or whatever i needed at that moment and everything was okay even if things didn't go always how i wanted you know like something always happened to to make things better to fix what was going on or to help what was going on and it's almost having that blind faith in positivity then maybe i'm not a very positive person and i just try to be or maybe i'm just a lucky person and manifest what i need um we just kind of tangented off what that paragraph mean i think we had a good idea of it and there was a verse and we'll get to that verse oh yeah i pulled it up oh you do john fourteen six. did you want me to read it yeah go for it jesus said to him i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me it's mm. that one mm-hmm a normal one yeah for some context the verse prior is thomas said to him lord we do not know where we are going how can we know the way so that ties in with he's your map we have a list that says he did not say i will show you the way he did not say i will give you a road map he did not say i will tell you which direction to go okay but the farmer in the truck told the guy the direction to go yes he does say okay left right 
okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, technically. <laughs> yeah, your story, bud. Um, and then he said, I am the way. Jesus knows the way. He is your way. So we just have to find the person that says, hop in, bud. <laughs> yeah. Get in. Get in. Get in. <laughs> I'm not getting in that car. I'm not doing it. Why not? I don't know where I'm being taken, and that sounds scary. It sounds like I'm getting blindfolded and killed. Jeez, I thought you'd remember it from Midnight Gospel. Oh. Oh. That guy. Yeah. I feel like he had a different tone than you did. I'm, I'm speaking it from the tone of his truck license plate, because I don't remember him saying it. I just remember seeing that. <laughs> He didn't sound as scary as you did. I don't think he did, but the truck did. I mean, he was trying to save people from zombies, and he killed more people than zombies just driving in there. He was trying to just be a badass. That's all he was trying to do. He was... Instantly dead. Just instantly dead, yep. Oh no, spoilers. Oh no. I'm not worried about that one. No, not at all. If you're a hearer's... Okay, number five. Getting there. If you do everything Jesus tells you one day at a time, will you always be in the center of where God wants you to be? Check your response. So, now let's see the responses. So we can be wrong on this, too. Oh, I see. No, Jesus does not guide people specifically. No, by seeking to follow Jesus, I could end up going the wrong way. It is much wiser to wait until God tells me all the details before I begin moving my life in a particular direction. Yes, if I follow Jesus one day at a time, I will be right in the center of God's will for my life. Okay, there's one task a day we have to find out what we have to do. One day at a time. We meditate and figure out what we gotta do that day. That's the one that God wants. Yeah. That's the one you gotta do the most. Yeah. Yeah. Now... I want to go back to the third question, which is still going and stressing the point of like, I need to know all the details before I can do anything. It's like, well, if you're already being guided one day at a time, like you're still getting like your slow details. of like, okay, well, you're, you're working towards this. So what can you do? So then this is like, okay, this can be a first step on this. And then you're, that's setting a direction. I can't trust to make like a whole five year plan to go and, and like and follow that in my any details. I just need details right now for what I can do. Right. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not trying to get a road. I'm just trying to figure out like what do I need right now? Like, okay, and th- you're telling me that's exactly what I kinda need, but you don't want me to like what? Well, here's what I took from that. What a Christian would consider what I did is I was seeking Jesus instead of following Jesus. And through that, I didn't find Jesus. I found paganism and hippy-dippy bullshit, you know? (laughs) But I found spirituality in a different place. And that's what seeking gets you. Seeking opens you up to spirituality and that's more than just jesus and the christian god so by seeking that you're opening yourself up to so much more 
than what Christianity is guiding you to. So by just following Jesus, following the teachings of Jesus, what would Jesus do? Going back to that basic thing that we all learned, you know? Yeah. Um, that's how you do the good Christian thing. <laughs> you you just follow what Jesus would do, and that's what keeps your life on track, you know? Yeah. Trust that by following these teachings, you're okay. You're going to be okay. God because has favor with you. If you're like going about and helping people, then people are going to want to help you back in return. Yes. Yes. I don't remember helping a lot of people growing up. So it was always very much family, just like, yeah, look out for ourselves kind of thing. That's where I really branched with Christianity because I would look at the teachings of Jesus and I was like, this does not line up with the church. The teachings of Jesus do not line up with the church. (laughs) They are not what Christ does teaches and that's a big problem for me that was a big thing for me leaving the church because i wanted to follow jesus's teachings and i didn't feel like i could at church because there was so much hypocrisy and it it was so fake so fake i didn't like that like i wanted a true real experience and i wasn't able to get that through church Only through worship. I was able to get that through worship. Hmm. Just through the music and stuff. But like at that point in my life, I stopped going to church because I wasn't I wasn't getting I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Hmm. So I was at home and doing my own meditation and studying my Bible on my own. Talking to my my friends because the church is not what Christ preaches. So the answers to these questions Unless you wanted to talk about the, you know, the the options anymore. No. Okay. So when you get to the place in your life where you trust Jesus to guide you one step at a time, you experience tremendous freedom. If you don't trust him to guide you this way, what happens if you don't know the way you should go with your life? You worry every time you make a decision. You may become immobilized with worry. This is not the way God intends for you to live. I know, but then why is it so... Why is that the natural state to live, though? Like... I guess it has to be the natural state to be able to rise up and, and get above. Mm-hmm. But why does the natural state also have to include, well, I guess it technically has to include like a random factor with money just to be able to afford to do stuff just because then that happens in nature. You know, other people are not offset. So did. It's a fairly unfair system. It is. Absolutely. And if that's the best that their technology could do to create this universe, I'm just, I have no idea what I believe. I'm just (laughs) throwing stuff out, like theories. That's the best it can do if it can't do something where it's like a fair fair, not a fairly unfair. Now that just makes me like not like the universe a little bit more. Yeah. One of the reasons I dislike Christianity as a whole, because they don't believe that there is a possibility for a truly fair system to exist with their God. The ones that get it think it's fair because they think it's so easy because I did this so easy. You just gotta, you gotta do it. And then like when people aren't able to do it, they look down on them like, 
come on now, I'm helping you. Like, come on, we gotta right. get this going. I'm also really kind of bothered by the fact that it said you're not meant to worry. God didn't make you to worry. I don't remember the exact wording that he used, but... Mm-hmm. Um, what about everyone who has anxiety? Everyone with anxiety. That's another like unfairly fair thing so that okay this is the challenge because that always goes back to like god knows how much like you can be challenged like test your will or whatever so then and that explains away like you were born with disabilities because god knew you can handle it it's like no it's because it was just very unlucky genetics and that's the anxiety too mm-hmm that's one thing that honestly really bothers me is people are people look at my life and they're like well, God knows you're really strong. That's why you're going through all of this, because God knows that you could handle it. You're so strong. Because it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not, because God handles or gives you what you can handle, right? So I could, by that logic, he's only giving me what I can handle. So that other people can go and look at it and be like, Ooh, I know I couldn't handle that. Thank you, Lord. I don't like the idea that at 23... My husband dies, and that becomes part of my success story. That's disgusting. Why would we want to celebrate that? Be like, oh yeah, God got me through this. Fuck that. I got myself <laughs> through it. I have a great fucking support system, and they're all here like, to help me. God didn't do a damn thing. They, they would say, well, he put them all in that place because they were supposed to be there for you. I put them there. I built those relationships. <laughs> and I worked damn hard to build he those gave relationships. gave you all those experiences, those times to build those relationships. He gave me my horrible narcissistic mother that I had to go through 21 years of trauma with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going back in. Yeah. I have found then that when I release my way to God, then I immediately respond to everything he tells me each day. He gives me plenty to do to fill every day with meaning and purpose. If I do what he says, I am in the center of his will when he wants to use me for a special assignment. My primary concern should not be, what should I do with my life tomorrow? But what does God want me to do today? As you follow Jesus one day at a time, he will keep you in the center of God's will. This is completely just meditation. You need to take time to think about, find that it is the most important thing today. This is answering a question like, oh, what is that feeling? That's that's the little God ghost inside you, okay? And he's telling you what to do. So it's like, yeah, okay, good, and follow him, you know. And so you just put a name to it, and then, but then everybody else starts putting more and more things to that. Like, oh, that has to be associated with this because we can't explain it. Yeah. But that means then to like, you know, Take your time and just just listen for a minute. But that's not the focus in church. The focus that they tell you to pray and think about it and read a Bible. But you don't really do that in church. In church, you listen to someone else that prayed and read their Bible, maybe, and is telling you a sermon about what they did. They're, they're telling you their notes. Yeah, um, so for in my family... Before I was born, so with my my older siblings, my parents had the expectation that they were going to read the Bible as a family every year. That That's just what they did. They read through the entire Bible every year as a family. 
and oh this the beginning of this bible has a schedule for how you can read through it yeah yeah yeah. my dad used to make those kind of schedules because he was he was a pastor so he did that kind of stuff um so that was like uh I feel like it was. it's a weird thing to do looking at, at the Bible as an adult. It's a weird thing to do with your children because there's so much to it. There's so much to digest and there's so much that kids really just don't and can't process and understand that's mm-hmm. in there. Having that expectation of young children feels so unreasonable to me. But again, by the time I was around... My parents were divorced. My mom did not make us read the Bible every year. That was not something we did. My dad didn't either, but we didn't see him as often, so that was not something that would be as easily enforced. We had our summer Bible studies sometimes, and we would sit down, my mom and my sister and I, we would just, we would read through, it was usually Proverbs, because she always wanted to start with Proverbs, because we were apparently bad kids, and Proverbs would teach us how to be good kids, so... You know, that was <laughs> I had, that was the thought process there. So she gave us each our color-coded notebook. That was our notebook that we had to use for our Bible study. And we had to write, oh my gosh, I probably still have one of them somewhere. But we had to write down the specific subjects that she wanted us to be looking for during that Bible study. We usually would start and then the phone would ring or something would happen. And she would be like, you see that? That's Satan trying to interfere in our Bible study because he knows that when we're gathered, God is here and he's trying to prevent it from happening. Oh, yeah. And, uh, someone at the, at the church it was just like someone who was like opening or like, closing for on the prayer and like they would refer to babies crying in church like during their prayers like Satan is like making them cry so that it disrupts them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe that baby just needs fed or a diaper change, you know? Uh huh. It's like Satan's not trying to get in the way of you hearing some old people say a word. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not going to be the key to saving your soul. Like, aha, they wouldn't hear him say. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's interesting because it was such an expectation when my older siblings were younger that you read through the whole Bible. Like, that was the expectation. Mm hmm. But I don't think that that was a shift even in my parents. I think that was just a shift in the church as time went on. Because I feel most people my age, even like most Christians my age, have not read the whole Bible. Yeah. We've got it on our phones. Why would we read the whole thing if we can just read what we're studying? Yeah. You know? And know the basic points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's really interesting how that shift happened and where that shift happened. So we're still under, like, number five. Um, following one day at a time, Abram. Later, God changed his name to Abraham. It's like Goku. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And all yeah. the Goku evolutions. <laughs> that's what I think. So then, of course, people see Goku is a good point. All of his children are going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs> Let's see. He's a good example of this approach to following God. He walked by faith and not by sight. He's a badass. Oh, yeah. So number six now. Read out Abram's 
call to do God's will. Notice how much detail he was given before God asked them to follow him. Underline where he was told to go and what he was to do. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. They gotta be part of your family before I'll talk to them. Well, dang. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah... His nephew Lot, all the possessions they accumulated, and the people that they had acquired. Ew. Yeah, all his, his servants his, and his slaves. Yeah, yes. his slaves. They're, they're, they're not part of his family, but he does get to take them with him. Ooh. I don't, I don't like slavery. Mm. Not a fan. But I mean, they, they didn't have machines back then. They had to be able to have someone to harvest everything for them. It's almost like you should pay <laughs> someone for their labor. Oh. It's almost like we don't even have to worry about it. And we can just like, oh, go back to the little villages and we all harvest what's there. And yeah. we all put it in the stores. Be a community. Let's but just be a But then one commune. day, Jeffy breaks into the stores and takes some extra for his family. <gasps> and then that starts a revolt. And then now we have capitalism again. Nope. No more capitalism. I'm over it. <laughs> Been there. Done that. Don't recommend. I know, but we still kind of need it to, you know, still live while we're here right now. Yeah, we'll just move to Sweden. It'll be fine. Yeah. Why, why, why Sweden? They don't have capitalism there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, he took them and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. So that's way back in Genesis 12, 1 to 5. I have a feeling I... that he might have actually put this very close. I don't think, think there's so? anything missed. Yeah, now the Lord had said unto Abram... Get thee out of the country, Father's house, I'll make you a great nation, bless, name, great, bless, cursed, cursed, bless, <laughs> departed, spoke, and 75 years, yeah, that was in there, his brother, yep. Okay, but still. And they, they, it ends with, like, what did God say? How specific was he? Leave and go. Go where? To a land I will show you. He still has to show them some kind of direction. He can't just be like... Okay, I'll just go that way for a while then. Right. I need to just just tell me where to go. Anyhow, but yeah, no, I had originally um, circled something, so I didn't like it was very much, I will make you into a great nation. So it is very much like just you. I picked you. I'm bored of all these other people or whatever. So just you and your family and like, I will bless you. I will be making everything about you great. And it's just like a lot of like promises. You take care of me. I'll take care of you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's funny because in my head, I feel like God is just up there playing Sims. And Abram was like the the one he focused on at that moment. That was the family he was following. And he was like just on a binge and he was like, I'm going to play through you and your kids and your grandkids. I'm going to play through all of them. And he just went hard. 
So then, like, he's, like, setting up, like, games, like, oh, these people don't really like this family that I like anymore, so we're just gonna have to have, like, a backyard wrestling match to the death. Can you kill neighbors in Sims? Can you kill them? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We have to have a pool party and get them in the pool and then take out the ladders so they can't get out, and then they drown. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get rid of them. And then their ghosts haunt your house. (laughs) Remind you of what you've done. (laughs) Yeah, but the Grim Reaper shows up. I did some questionable things as a child. I also would build, like, kill rooms in the backyard. So it was just like a a really small room. Walls, no windows or anything. With, like, a stove and or, like, a mirror and then they would go in, and then I'd delete the door so they couldn't leave. And then they would eventually make food, but I'd put a cheap stove in, and it would catch on fire. And then they'd just die. Or, <laughs> or, or if it was a mirror instead of instead of a stove, then they would just have to watch themselves die. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, that's um, that's what happens. When there's so much trauma and no outlet, <laughs> except video games. <laughs> you have to be a little creative to kill your neighbors, but you can do it. Oh, gosh. <sighs> did, did the Lord actually talk to him? Did he get the, the advantage of being able to call that feeling the Lord? Or did he still get the Holy Spirit? Like, how did that work? So he listened. And something told him it was a good idea to move. Some sort of financial thing or war thing I don't know it's like okay and then so he listened to that instinct like I need to do this so then you think about it and then you go and do it all Mm, I see yeah see I guess in no way so far I'm telling you not to do the things it's telling you to do but you don't have to bind yourself to rule sets to be able to do it right right okay seven we can do this this one's short are you ready to follow God's will that way? Check your response. No, I don't think God will ask me to go anywhere without showing me ahead of time where I am going. I'm not sure. Yes, I'm willing to follow him by faith and not by sight. Or other. So you can put in whatever you're feeling that time. Hmm. Let's see. Many times, as with Abram, God called people simply to follow him. Tomorrow you will read about several. So I don't know when for you. He is much more likely to ask you to follow him one day at a time than he is to spell out all the details before you begin to obey him. As we continue our study together, you will see this truth illustrated in the lives of many people in the Bible. Yes. One day at a time again. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we're back to the, I'm going to tell you what we're doing in this Bible study again, just to reconfirm. Okay, let's see. Eight. Read Matthew 6, 33, 34 in the margin, then pause and pray. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these... Oh, add. Then <laughs> <laughs> add on your Bible. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that That's wrong completely. What app is that? This is Google. What? I'm using a website. This is a web... What website is it? Buddy, buddy, BibleStudyTools.com. Okay, nobody use BibleStudyTools.com because they're trying to get ads on, like, to get... No, they need to have faith budget because they don't need to try and get the ads from people on there to, you know, to pay for server for the month. God will give them that. 
clearly faith mm-hmm. budget. That's what they need. <laughs> they need to get in touch with this guy. Yeah. He'll tell them all about it. Uh-huh. All right. I'm going to start that over. Okay. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Again, this is describing relaxing and meditating. Mm-hmm. You really just need to do that. Just, just a little bit more. Just meditate some more. Uh-huh. But, and then, and it's in a way, it's like, okay, some people have trouble getting to that point. They need to focus on something. So then they add this lore to it. Like, okay, look to his kingdom and his righteousness. Like, it, it's such a good idea that it must put people in a good idea. And then, of course, we right. can use this and like, oh, and maybe it worked a little bit. Like, wouldn't it be great if this was thing? Like, yes, it would. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. It's funny because Christianity practices so much meditation, but most Christians I know think meditation is so evil. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy to me because it's like Jesus meditated. You are meditating when you <laughs> pray. That's what prayer is. It's meditation. It's like, yeah, I think about it, like, like, they get so offended seeing like Middle Eastern praying and then, but that's exactly the praying that you should probably be doing as well. Yeah, that's the type of prayer that yeah. Jesus practiced. Uh-huh. Like, Jesus was Middle Eastern. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all been whitewashed so much mm-hmm. that we we forget that we're not getting what it what Christianity was. We are getting what Christianity has become mm-hmm. in our society. Because even in that, it's different in America versus other countries. Because our society is so different. Back in. Back in. Okay, so we read that. That's great. So now we have to do a few things. We have to agree that God is absolutely trustworthy. Okay, now, technically, yes, if you want to do this, you're just, that's just like, okay, you gotta do it. But um, uh, how do I, how do I know that? I can't agree to it if I have no reason given to it. Free? Yeah. Like, I just, I, I have to have faith. That's what it is. Faith is hope. You have to hope he's trustworthy. We're all going out on a limb here. Like, this seemed like a good idea at the time. We don't know anymore, but let's just hope it's a good thing. Yeah. We got we got no idea what really happens after we die, but we're just going to hope that this is, this is it. That's like so the funny. the whole Marvel reveal thing going yes. on and then see what his play was all along. Plot twist, Jesus is actually Thanos. Oh, and who was God? I don't remember that one dude's name. There's so many powerful masters. Pick one. <laughs> you know, I can't think of what his name is in okay. the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh, ego. Ego. Somebody like him. It's like his brother. That's that's Thanos' dad. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's God. Okay. They're all gods. It's just which one. <laughs> Thanos wasn't a god. He was just a, a titan. Or, that's why he's Jesus. That's why he's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was still God, though. Yeah, they, that's what. And a titan about. is still some sort of deity. How? T- 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 kind of. That no, they. I think they were. Are they linked to like a religion or a magic or anything? Or I thought they were just 
aliens, just straight aliens. I think in in Marvel the universe that they're just aliens. That's but what I'm talking. I go to Norse mythology. But we were just talking about the Marvel universe, not Norse mythology. Yeah, okay, maybe and if not we're Norse. We're talking about Norse, Norse, then we would say giants instead of Titans. I'm. I said the wrong one. I said the wrong one. So Greek. Yep. Uh-huh. Greek. Okay, agree with God that you will follow him one day at a time. Agree to follow him even when he does not spell out all the details. Agree that you will let him be your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've got this. That's already. Okay, so if you cannot agree <clears> to these <throat> now, openly confess your struggles to him. Ask him to help you to want to do his will and his way. Claim the promise. It is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians 2.13 for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Okay. Yeah. I want to give some more context by reading the around verses too. Yeah, go for so it. So I'm going to start with 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of the crooked and twisted generation among whom shine as a light in the world. That's the longest run-on sentence. That's not even the end. Oh, jeez. That goes on to 16 as well. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But I just, I feel like that adds a lot into the context of what that is saying. 13 is focusing on God working within you. And I think it's strange that it also points out that it's for God's pleasure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that's what we're here for. Uh-huh. That's what I've been taught since I was tiny. We are here to worship God. We're here for his pleasure. Mm-hmm. I think the, the verse above it, it goes more into that, like, You've obeyed while I'm here, walking you through this. Now I'm going to leave and let you do it on your own. And you're going to keep doing it, right? (laughs) Because I'm doing this for you and for me. Mm -hmm. That's what 13 is saying. Scratch my back, scratch your back. Yeah, and then 14 is saying now you're going to do it without without grumbling. No questions (laughs) asked, okay? And you're gonna you're gonna do this and be blameless and innocent because you're Did my child. Did humanity lose a bet to him? And then like, I promised I wasn't gonna do anything bad, but you knew the terms. Yeah, not gonna complain about this. <laughs> yeah, and you're children of me. You're children of God. So you're gonna do it without blemish. You're gonna be innocent and blameless in the midst of all the crazy crazies <laughs> in the world. Because, you know, your generation's fucked, right? So that's, you got to shine the light. I had a very different idea the last time I was reading this. Yeah. Um, this assumes people are evil from the start. A society could not have formed or functioned from the start if this were true. So then I was reading it more like a literal sense. It is only God that makes you do things that are right. Like, you can't do right things. Like, you're always going to do... I mean, they would say, yes, you will always going to do sin, but like, I can be a decent person on my own. Right. I still have morals and basic human decency on my own. Uh I don't have to go to church to get that. Right. However, I know a lot of Christians who believe that you can't have morals without 
being a Christian. I know that my one of my sisters and and her husband believe that. Like they they believe more morals come from Christianity and come from God. So without that relationship with God, you can't have morals. I then okay, all the places that God wasn't, they've had enough morals to survive long enough just as us. Well, <laughs> that makes sense. basic decency, but like morals is in like right and wrong, like well, exactly. Like if you're if you're saying like yeah. um, only only Christians could have it, okay. But there's other religions in other parts of the world, and they apparently had to have it to be able to still be a culture right now. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you can, you can still have a you can still have a thriving city that's morally corrupt. I don't know if there's a thriving city that isn't exactly. So that's what I mean. The The fact that it's morally corrupt is showing that they are immoral. They lack morals. They don't have morals because they don't have God. Which, to their standpoint, you're born into sin. When you're born into the world, you are born into sin. Because we, as humans, are cursed. We fell. I guess that would, if you have that viewpoint, you do believe that people are inherently evil. And you can only do good through God. I just, I don't get, like, like just having to have that viewpoint. Like, because like, then that, that goes, that helps fuel all of, like, not actually being able to trust anyone or help anyone or work with them because then you're always worried about who's out to get me because everybody's out to get me because people are evil. I was evil, but I'm not anymore. But these people are still evil. Well, and I feel that that viewpoint and that belief is founded through trauma because... I mean, everyone I know who believes that grew up in a very sheltered or closed off religious home that was overprotective or overbearing and made you believe that the world was a terrifying, scary place. And it is, but it's not in the way that you're led to believe. People aren't just going to go out and and kill somebody in front of you or or you're less likely to be robbed than you are to get a flat tire, you know? But <laughs> I haven't been on the side of the road before. It's like, oh no, I didn't realize I didn't have anything for this. Yeah. And then it's like walking to college. Like I'm all worried. Like oh no, it's I have to go. Like I have to walk home. Like at ten thirty at night through the city. And I'm like okay, well I got my baton just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Nothing ever happened. Right. I feel that. But you're you're prepared for that because you're trained to believe that the world is evil. And so this belief is is developed out of fear entirely. Mm-hmm. That just goes along with the Dirty Head song. In the end, there's only fear in love. <laughs> that is so true, though. It even comes down to that in Christianity. There's only fear in love. You're taught to love God and love the church and love the people in the church and fear everything else. Yeah, it goes off in the world. Yeah. I just think that that's wild. Okay, we have daily review, but then we still have a nine after that, so... Weird. I don't know what the point of that numbering is. We're almost done. Yes. Sorry, it's so long. Yeah. So, at the end of each day's lesson, I will ask you to review the lesson and pray. Ask God to identify for you one or more statements or scriptures from material that he wants you to understand, learn, or practice. So, meditate and think about a line that stuck out to you. I'm like, what exactly does that mean? This is a personal application question that has no wrong answer. 
finally. <laughs> um, if God makes a statement or scripture meaningful to you, that is the correct response. I will also ask you to reword that statement or scripture into a prayer or a response for your life. Prayer about what God wants you to do in response to that truth. This should become a time of prayer and meditation each day as you ask God what he wants you to do in response to the truths you encountered in the lesson. You may want to take notes in the margin each day as you study. God may reveal several responses he wants you to make a particular lesson. Don't let those thoughts get away from you. Write them down so you can review them. When God speaks, it is important to write down what he says. You may want to keep a notebook for recording your spiritual journey. I will talk to you more about journaling in a later unit. Well, dang. Okay, thanks for telling me how to follow a course. After today's lesson, a person might have a response like this. Oh, let's see what he thinks we're thinking. Let's see. What was the most meaningful statement or scripture you read today? Jesus is my way. I don't need a complete roadmap to stay in the center of God's will. Reword the statement or scripture into a prayer of response to God. Lord, I will follow you even if I don't know where you are leading. What does God want you to do in response to today's study? I need to quit worrying about tomorrow and trust Jesus to guide me one day at a time. Yeah, yeah. That's what I gathered that we're supposed to get out of this. Just driving it home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number nine. Each week I have given you a verse of scripture to memorize. Yay! You will find memory cards for those scriptures in the back of the book. Cut out the card for unit one, John fifteen five. If you prefer, you may use a different translation for the memory verses in the study. The verses on the cards are from the New International Version. So is that the one he's been using? NIV? Maybe. And why is he talking about the other one before? Read through John fifteen five several times. Then begin to memorize it one phrase at a time. Uh, write your memory verse for the unit. Practice your memory verses daily. You have John fifteen five. Yep. Cool. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I'll summarize it, and it's like, good luck trying to do something without me, but (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what it is. You survive because of me. me. Yep. Um, So do what I want, and um, I'll be nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. Do as I say, and I'll be nice. Cross me, and I'll fuck you up. So we have some summary statements here. Let's see. As I follow Jesus one day at a time, he will keep me in the center of God's will. Jesus is in my way. I don't need any other roadmap. Okay, then I think so far at the end of each of these, we made it. We made it, by the way. We did it! Okay. But at the end, there's always a little review. Yeah. So you got to pray and ask God to identify one or more statements or scriptures. He wants to understand, learn, or practice. So, Mary, what was the most meaningful statement or scripture you read today? Um, Last night. I'm actually going to go with that last one here. John 15, 5. Yeah. Was, yep. That's one I remember from before because that was previously a very meaningful um, scripture verse for me. So I find it very meaningful now looking back at it with a different perspective because it means something entirely different to me. And going on to the following verse... That's the one that nobody talks about. Like, I, f- I feel like most people have at least who who are in the Christian community have at least heard verse five, but six doesn't get talked about. Because mm, what is it? 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the yeah. branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nobody talks about that because that's they not don't want the fun part. Yeah, no, you want the incentive part, not the consequences part. It's like, okay, why why do we have to have these consequences? What did I do? <laughs> yeah, what did I do wrong? Like is it so wrong to choose my own way? It's wrong because we were made we were born evil because something happened that he knew was gonna happen a long time ago. Yeah. So he created us to be evil then. Mm-hmm. So we are just like a bonsai tree, and we're just being pruned to be kept in the shape that he enjoys for his pleasure. Yes, that's what it is. He created the whole universe, so we are just this little tiny speck of it. We're just <laughs> here to be, to be fun. We're fun to look at. <laughs> we do stupid shit all the time. And sometimes he forgets to water us. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he forgets to water us. And then, and then people were... Trying like new magic to bring the rain back and everything, and it worked one time because he's just like, "Oh crap, I gotta water that." Yeah. Then... <laughs> he was just like, "Oh shit, I haven't watered this uh-huh. in forever." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing it hasn't died yet. Good thing. Okay, <clears throat> so originally I put only godly people are able to act according to society standards, and wow, I will like I feel like yes, it's saying that. And it's more interpreted as like, yes, only Christians will be able to do it because only Christians are good. But looking at it again, it's like I was reading it as like a negative point before. But right now it's um, thinking about it more as like where I was half thinking before was like the meditation. Like, okay, the people that actually do this stuff, that's how we get like these things formed. So I don't know. It's it's a tricky subject. It is tricky. It's very tricky. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going back to this. There's so many translations of the Bible. It has been translated so many times that we don't have an accurate understanding of what the Bible and Christianity truly is. Well, so far, I'm just getting meditation. Well, but what I'm saying is like, that's that's how we get so many misinterpretations and how we get so much diversity in it. Mm-hmm. Why people miss that. Because meditation is such an important part of Christianity, and so many people who practice Christianity believe it's evil. There's so much misinformation. That's what makes it so tricky. Yeah. So, let's see about what was most meaningful today. I think that's a good way to close stuff off. Yeah, I think so too. And then we can just, you know, um, you know, see ya pals. Catch you later. Hey buddies, Mary here. If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style at The Hybel Study. That's at the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. Just to keep you on your toes, find us on Twitter at The Hybel Study. That's spelled the H-I-B-L-E study. Check out our subreddit, r slash the high priest, for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes, as well as some memes. We also have a threadless shop, shop.thehighpriest.show. There's almost always new merch popping up there, so be sure to check back regularly. Or, if you want to just make it all that much more simple, all of these links are on our website, thehighpriest.show. 
every link I've already mentioned, as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on. Rate us and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.